Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian. I finally get to talk to somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a while. We're going to get right down to it because we have a lot to talk about. So, everyone, please welcome Tyler of Hollow Front. Tyler, man, how are you doing today? So good, man. So happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you very much, man. We talked a little off air, so I know you're you're on the cusp of being under the weather a little bit. There's a yeah, seasonal yeah. change and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. Now, before we even start with everything, when it comes to your vocals and getting sick, things like that, is there any remedy that you have that works for you? Uh, if I get like sick on tour or something, it's like cough drops and a lot of water sure. and like hot tea with oh, like okay. uh, some honey or like lemon, like spritz of lemon juice in yeah. there. Uh, that's you. And then just the best thing for any kind of vocal, uh, you know, it, to keep your vocals fresh is to take rest. Sure. So vocal rest, which is which I think I'm probably the worst at. Because I would that's assume. The worst. It's hard because it's like, especially on a tour, like mm -hmm. everyone's talking and everyone, you know, and like everyone, want, you know, fans want to talk to me and I'm, but I'm like, oh, I need to rest my voice. And <laughs> I've never been good at doing the actual, like not talking thing. Ask right. any of my band members. <laughs> no, I can, I can imagine too, because I know you're going off to merch as well to talk to people. So there's also that to add on to everything. And then not to mention now adding in more, even more singing and elements to your vocals now with the brand new album. So by the way, I should preface this. Obviously, we're recording this before The Fear of Letting Go actually comes out on Friday, but this episode won't be out before then. So we're kind of talking past tense a little bit here. It's going to get a little Album's already out. Yeah, al album's out. Let's just assume that for sure. So it's already won a Grammy. It's just... So yeah. you <laughs> no, hey, as I saw on almost every band's social media, you have to make a little social media, hey, for your Grammy, for your Grammy awareness, yeah. here's whatever. And go ahead, just put the fear of letting go. Yeah, there you go. Just best album ever. Yes. Category. That is the new category for the Grammys. They don't <laughs> they don't do rock or metal, but they do best album ever in the scene. That is how yeah. they work it. Perfect. But yeah, man. I I mean, we're assuming the album's out, but with two days till it actually comes out. How are you feeling right now? Like, is this a lot different than The Price of Dreaming? I mean, obviously, with everything that's happened, has it changed the way you're looking at this album? Um, yes and no. I think I'm I'm just one of those people, like, uh, today is just another day kind of a thing. Like, every day is kind of a day. Um, gotcha. I think that I, I'm trying to remember back to The Price of Dreaming and Everything that we kind of talked about on this album, it kind of all started right before the album was released. So oh, okay. we were kind of, we weren't as excited about the release of The Price of Dreaming as we should have been. Or, um, you know, we we really, we were all kind of like, after our, we had a big accident, like a couple months before right. it happened. Right, right. And it was just, it was just a weird, it was a very weird album release for us. Um, this, this album release, I'm. I'm much more excited for um, ready for it to finally be out because we release all the songs we release. Not, I'm not saying that they aren't songs that I love because I love all the songs, but sure. they aren't my favorite songs. Like we haven't released my favorite songs yet. Oh, so okay. like, which is almost opposite of what we did before. Like we were kind of releasing, this is my favorite one. Let's release this one, you know? And it's like, we kind of kept it back for a, a few of the songs that I really, really like that you're going to hear when the album drops and not as like a single, I which see. is cool. Okay. All right. That's understandable. Now, would you also say that with the new album coming out, it almost ends the album cycle of everything you kind of have to talk about when it comes to the past, right? Because I'm sure you've been doing tons of interviews and I hate asking cliche questions, but some of them are going to come up because there is such a story that goes along with yeah. this album itself. But it almost puts a like an exclamation point at the end of this to be like, now I can kind of start on the brand new chapter because it's almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that it's almost like this album was a continuation of all the hard times that the band was going through and that yourself was going through. So now once you kind of release it, 
it's almost like it's in the past for you. Would I be correct in that? Oh, uh, I mean that that's a that's a awesome notion, but who knows? And maybe who um. knows what can happen. The future is <laughs> the future is dark. You never know. You don't just <laughs> the light, you know. And you get to the future, and something might happen. And you know, I, true, for true. me, I think I think yes. And to answer your question more less humorously, I guess, <laughs> um, yes, I think that it definitely would. It kind of puts uh like you said, like a like exclamation point or a period. Yeah. Like right at the end of all the bad shit. So it's kind of like everything that comes after this will be kind of brighter and more hopefully. More yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You never like you never know. Like, but for me personally, like all the problems that we've that we were dealing with, like before this we wrote this album and even like when we were before we released Price of Dreaming, um yeah, a lot of that stuff's been kind of resolved. Good. And we're kind of on getting back on our feet, so to speak, as mm-hmm. far as just personally, professionally, um, just financially, just getting right. out of the holes that we were kind of in at the time. Um, so yeah, I would say that that that's definitely a a good a good I a good way to look at it. Sure. Yeah, and I mean when I look at you know, some of the titles of some of the tracks, obviously listening now, I have been able to hear the album multiple times. I have my favorites. I've enjoyed the hell out of it going through everything, but you can certainly tell there's a lot of venting. There's a lot of anger. There's, I mean, just even in some of the titles, there's things that I'm sure you were working out personally with your own, you know, mental things that came from all the bad things that have been happening. So it's nice in a way, I guess, to think about that in a positive light of, you know, maybe this is a cathartic experience with all of this. I mean, I've always written in that manner. Every every song I've ever written is kind of personal and cathartic. True. And yeah. I would say that out of every, every album, though, this album is definitely the darkest, I think, just because like my first, the first EP was about like my divorce. And yeah, that was pretty dark, but like, there was just a lot of shit that happened this this past year that mm-hmm. and and kind of forced us into positions that we never thought we would be in or want to be in right. losing you know uh, losing band members and losing uh we lost managers and booking agents and just it was a it was a shit year for us yeah. and it would have been super easy to just be like well we did our best you know and kind of packed it in and we 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 worked through that because at the end of the day, Lee and I are addicted to music, yeah. like addicted to making music. Oh yeah. And this album was just kind of, I didn't have Dakota there anymore to kind of split the lyrics with. So I was just, everything was me, you yeah. know, everything right. I had to say, uh, besides like a few songs, like, will I run that one? That one was a pretty, that was Lee heavy. Lee wrote that song. Okay. And I helped, I helped, uh, kind of tailor the lyrics to fit better in certain spots and stuff like that. And then the songs that I wrote, we wrote with Dakota, he wrote way before, like all his parts were done long, long ago and I had nothing written for it. And so Ah. those parts were written. My parts that are on those songs are written from a perspective after he left, even though the songs were written before he left. Ah, that you, you beat me to one of the questions too. So that that's really interesting then. So would you say that maybe the way those two tracks were done was in an opposite light or maybe not opposite, but in a different light, you might've actually had something different to say, had he not left the band, had you not gone through all the issues that you were going through? Absolutely. The letting go, the song, the single we released with Dakota, the first single off this record um, was the last song we wrote with him. It was written in, September of 2022. Okay. Um, and he wrote that song about an ex-girlfriend. Oh, like he had just, he had just broke, they had broken up right before a tour that we did like a couple months earlier. Ah. So that song to, was to him about an ex-girlfriend and about losing, um, letting go of a toxic relationship kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But when he left, like the words, um, uh, we let our guard down. The passion's gone now. Ah, yes. We bury the seeds we've sown. To me, that when I when I heard that before he left, I didn't think anything of it really. But when I sat down to write, 
it just it just to me almost felt like he was talking about letting go of the band right like letting go of the of of his dream you know to be in a touring band because that accident that we were in kind of screwed dakota up the most out of everybody him and brandon really took it yeah took it hard mm-hmm. um because they were they were in they were kind of they were sleeping and thrown from their beds like so right. that they didn't get hurt or anything but they just were very Every tour we did after that, they just struggled to be able to sleep. To right. so you know when you're sleep deprived and you're, you just leads to just negative thoughts. Absolutely. And, yep. And and so I think when he was when he wrote that, it was obviously about a girl. But when I read it back, it was like he's talking about to me. He was talking about you know leaving behind things that he'd worked for, something that he loved so much, mm-hmm. but knew he had to let it go for his own good. Right. And when I speak back to him or because that's what my part is when I'm screaming, I'm speaking to him Mm -hmm. directly. And he, you know, it's about, I'm not mad at him for leaving. You know, I'm, I'm sad he's leaving. Right. I never thought out out of all the band members, I didn't think Dakota was ever going to go anywhere. I thought it was going to be me and him and, you know, Lee for out forever. Um, But that's just not how the life works sometimes, you know? And I, I, I've, I was never mad at Dakota and I, for you know, I never had, there was never a reason to forgive him. I, you sure. know, but in that context, yes, I've, I've forgiven him for, for a leaving. Um, but yeah, I think that, and then the other song under pressure, yeah, which was kind of about, it kind of started about like being the, the pressure of like being an up and coming band and like mm-hmm. having to kind of stifle who we are a little bit. Oh. Cause that's just, the industry is <laughs> yeah it's an odd place man you know really like is. Yes. sometimes sometimes you're like you know authentic is cool and then other times it's like well uh, being authentic will only get you so far and mm-hmm. and like it's just like that's not who we are we're not fake people right like, we're human we're human beings like and and i'm not saying the people that put on like the image is fake that's just who they are like, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not who we are. So that song under pressure was kind of about that. And then when he left, after he left, all of our agents and our managers, they ab- abandoned us that's because, wow. because he left, they, they thought that Dakota, because Dakota left that this band was going to go in the, in the, the gra- the garbage, wow. basically in the tank, we were going to tank and we were going to, we weren't ever going to, you know, they weren't excited about what me and Lee had to say, basically. Huh. Okay. And so that my lyrics ended up turning around and being like, I it's, it's after the fact, like the, the pressure, the pressure was too much for us to take, you know, and that resulted in Dakota leaving and Brandon leaving. And, yeah. and, and, and I don't blame like managers and booking agents at the end of the day, it's a business. Sure. Um, so, you know, if, if, if we're not like a profitable part of their business that, you know, I understand, I understand that, but for me, that, that song kind of took on that kind of a, a vibe, which, it, which there, a lot of the ranting and stuff comes from, you know, like, and, um, but I felt super down about it. You know, right. I felt super down about getting like, I was just like, man, my dreams going in the tank, you know, right. it's my, my dreams up in flames. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, this is pretty much it. Um, so what's just put everything we have into these songs and and so yeah i mean like just i know i'm i'm ranting and no, no. raving here Go uh on. those songs yeah they definitely took a different meaning for me once he left like under pressure we wrote one month after we finished price of dreaming that song sat wow. in the yeah that song sat in like the folder for two <laughs> years You're right and then yeah so it that song was completely different vibes yeah. when I we wrote it the first time it was more of like a pressure from the industry or pressure from fans the industry ah, to, sure. yeah, to yeah. be great and then afterwards it was more like oh the the pressure kind of killed us you know and in, in the moment right so yeah well let me let me go back I, I have a, a few things I definitely want to unpack from that because I, I love what you were saying there one of the things when you talk about the tour managers like your label didn't leave you so that that, no, was, a, no. that was a good part unified stuck around. Yeah. But when it comes to managers or or agents, you know, all that kind of stuff, did they tell you why was it or I guess my assumption would be that they thought without having a singer in the group 
that you might go back to some of the older hollow front where you're looking at home wrecker you're looking at still life something like that and yeah. they didn't think that that they didn't think that was marketable enough is that like the train of thought maybe i don't i don't want to i don't and i'm not trying to like throw them under the bus sure, sure. i'm just going to be i'm going to be honest as possible like the, it was very like we like there was just towards the end there we were you know we were going through a lawsuit we went to that right. big van crash we you know dakota left and it just it felt like they you know, it felt like they kind of just ghosted us for a little bit. And we kind of ghosted them too, because I, I was in a weird emotional place. I, I didn't imagine. know if I was, I did not know if I was going to continue this band. Right. Like, right. like Lee and I, when Lee and I decided to continue the band and honestly, if I didn't have him, this band would be done. I like see. I would be, I would, I would, there's, you know, being in a band is, is, is hell sometimes, especially yeah. when you're just trying to, you're trying to make it and you're trying to, you know, do something that you're proud of. And you live in today's world. So, yes. you know, I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they did say straight up, they straight up said, because Dakota left, they were not excited for the new the direction that we were we were taking. Huh. But I had sent them, I had sent them, will I run? So oh, okay. they, they knew, they knew that that song that we were going to be singing. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I never got any feedback from them about it. I never got even like, I sent them the the songs and I never received a hey this is good but you know I never I received any it was basically ghosted us and and we kind of ghosted them back and it was just it it the 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 business relationship fell apart and yes I think a hundred percent because Dakota left and he has such a a powerful voice oh sure that that I know I'm not. I don't, I'm not that level. I'm a different, I'm, di I'm a different level. You are it's not different, you're, well, you're a different field. singer than he is. Yeah. Absolutely. It's completely different styles and yeah. completely, but I think they just, they, I think they wanted us to start going into more of a Dakota sings more than I, you know, oh. than I am. And I, and I'm, maybe that's just an assumption, but the way that, that it seemed is like, as soon as Dakota was gone and they're just like, yeah, we're gonna dip. <laughs> so, and that, that's kind of how I felt. And, to be honest, I wasn't like super like hurt because I know it's business. Right. And and I had felt a certain way of, about the management in general just because they weren't communicating with us. I didn't feel comfortable communicating with them. Like I, I felt very nervous about showing them anything new because I was afraid that they would be like, this isn't good. You uh, know, so that okay. so I was very so and, I, and I'll admit my wrongdoings, too. I should have been a little bit more you know, persistent and been like, Hey, did you get my message or, but I was so internally locked inside of my, my, I'm like locked inside my mind and my body. And, and when I get into a depressed, when I get into a depression, I don't reach out to anybody. Right. Like I'm not, I'm similar. And I, yeah. and I don't like to be a burden and I don't like to, I don't like people feeling sorry for me. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, I have all, I have enough of that myself, you know, like right. I don't need, I don't need other people feeling that way for me. So I think that that it's just a combination of things. And like I said, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. So if they, if any of them hear this or somehow um, sure. that's not what I'm trying to do, just the, it's just my truth from my perspective, Absolutely. because I never got like, a, I never got like a full explanation. All I got was Dakota left. We're kind of not excited for the future. And so we're leaving and the booking agents are leaving too. So wow. yeah, man. Yeah. I, first of all, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. let me state the obvious there. That definitely sucks. Not the first band that had happened to, so no, I'm not like no, absolutely yeah. not. But obviously, when so many bad things are happening and everything just piles on, yeah. it obviously just keeps on. Like it's like you're just getting dirt piled on you. So I completely, completely understand that. I would I say, think to me, oh, yeah, like when, ahead. yeah, when Dakota left, and like I had, like had about a month of hibernating and deciding what I was going to do and feeling a certain way about the future but there came a point where this whole situation reignited my flame for this band oh like, nice like i like i was seriously on the cusp of leaving even before dakota like earlier or later last year i was having a lot of doubts and a lot of like because i like touring but all, touring mm. is just sometimes the worst because the yes. financial overhead and just like the constant stress and strain and and you know, your lack of sleep and eating like shit and 
you know, playing, you know, you're playing great shows, but yeah. that doesn't make up for all the other shit you still have going on at home. And, um, so I was very on the fence. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I'm 33 now. I, or I was 32 at the time. I'm 32 and I got kids and, right. oh man, I'm just like, I'm feeling a certain way. So I was thinking about stepping away, but, but I was, whereas Dakota had the strength to do so, I was too scared to leave because I don't know who I am without this band and i don't know who i gotcha i don't know who i am without music so mm-hmm. and how, out of all the bands i've been in this is my 12th band 12. out of all the bands i've been in wow. over 20 years yep. 12 bands um this is the longest i've ever been in a band and this is the most music i've ever released with a band and it's the most successful i've ever been with a band it's something i've always dreamed of so even though part of my brain's like quit 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 you know like just that tapping inside yeah. your brain was you're you're nothing you're not doing anything worthwhile all these bands are flying past you you're not growing people you know your managers and everyone they're leaving and but i i know about myself that if i allow that feeling to to kind of um overcome trying to think you? of the right word yeah, yeah overcome it if i but if i allow it to like sit inside oh, for a while okay if i allow it to chill in there mm-hmm. like i will get over it oh, like okay and okay. which is I don't know, man. I'm mentally, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like that. But like, like most things in my life, I'll quit. You know, like if I don't like a job or something, I'll quit. Right. You know, but this band, I can't, I can't do that because it's literally like a part of me. Understood. So yes, like this, when all this happened and at a point, there was one point where Lee and I got together and we were talking about the future and I left feeling very like it was over kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I didn't say that to him. I just felt like, man, I don't, just don't know. People, people didn't really, they liked the price, the price of dreaming, but it wasn't like a smash hit. So I was like, maybe, maybe we just kind of, you know, maybe we're just kind of falling off a little bit. And then I don't know what clicked in me. I think it was listening to listening to something he'd wrote, written as a demo, something new. Ah. And I just was all of a sudden like, it clicked. I wrote an entire song like in one sitting and oh, wow. was just like, I'm just like, I, I have shit to say. Like I have, like, I still have shit to say. And there are people out there that still want to hear it. Right. So, and I don't want to give up even though there's parts of me that do. So, so I don't know, all that just kind of culminated into a, a fire that exploded inside of me. And, and, and then we went, we went balls to the wall to write this album. We wrote it in like, two months so it'd have to be right yeah we just went crazy yeah right yeah your turnaround was crazy well we decided because originally we'd had a whole album planned out with dakota like Mm -hmm. we had sat down and come up with all the ideas and but i wasn't super excited i wasn't super excited about it because we were going in more of a direction that i did see i did see myself in less of the music because we were going in a direction that dakota was required to sing more and I screaming was required less. And we just never explored my singing voice as much as we have now. Right. Out of necessity. So we knew we could, we knew there was that I could sing, but it just wasn't as when we had a singing part, it was like, well, well, Dakota will do it because Dakota's the singer, you know? So it was kind of like that. And, and when we, when we went to do this album, we had to completely shift our plans because Mm -hmm. Dakota left and we were just like fuck what do we do and we completely scrapped everything we had except for the two songs that we had with him already okay and we were like we'll we'll release those because i i felt personally like that it was a good send off you don't really get that from bands usually True. they'll usually they'll they'll end in like some kind of uh well it's like oh it's cool you know like uh every, there's no bad blood, but then there, you hear nothing about them it, or, or it'll end in like drama yes, or, uh, you know, right. that kind of, uh, that kind of a thing. Whereas our, our situation, it wasn't like that at all. And I felt that giving Dakota a send off was mm-hmm. going to be the, the most respectable and professional and just uh closure for our fans. Like right. just, to know that we didn't just scrap, we could have easily thrown these songs in the garbage and started from scratch. Mm-hmm. But I just felt personally that it was it was good to 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 add, to leave him into the leave him in the album, even though the other songs on the album kind of take like a different direction sure. with my voice. 
but and I think it's good for variety as well, not just you know as far oh, yeah. as like little 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 variety in there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now this might be a dumb question, but I I gotta ask it just in case because you talked about being respectful and professional. I'm assuming you actually spoke with Dakota and told him, "Hey, I'm doing this." Did you end up sending him the uh, the tracks beforehand? Anything like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I talk to Dakota every day. Okay, so, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we're still really good friends. Like, life. I'm I'm a busy person, so we don't get to hang out as much as we used to. Right. But we we talk. We actually talk more now. I think because it's not all about business. And ah, uh, sure. You know, our 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 friendship has gotten a little bit softer. Because we're not business partners anymore, you know? Right, um, right. Um, I don't think it's a dumb question. I think that... Sorry, re, re, oh. re-say the question again. I was just checking. Obviously, you said, hey, I kept, you know, two tracks. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. You guys yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, yeah. Oh, no, you're good. I got, you're good. I got my attention span as fuck, so <laughs> I look at something, I'll get distracted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, Dakota, I we asked for permission first. Okay. Like, that was kind of where we've started was like hey are you cool with us using these songs um like on the on the record and he was all about it you know oh, dakota's cool. never been like fuck hollow front you know like Whoa, he's right. never been yeah. that kind of person there's nothing there's no there's no drama there's nothing like unspoken like everything that he said publicly and everything we've said publicly about him leaving is 100 percent true oh absolutely so yeah, and he he thought it was a really good idea, and even he he even recorded uh, a newer part, like a part that he hadn't done for Under Pressure. Ah. There was like a part, second verse that it was just blank, and we knew we wanted him to do vocals, but we just didn't record it with him at the time. And so I sent him the track, and I was like, "Hey, would you mind doing this?" And he he did it, and it sounds great. And then, nice. um, yeah, and then he did some like social media, like a video with us for Letting Go, and. Yeah, I mean, if, out of all the band members that have left, I think that, you know, Brandon and Dakota are still like my closest brothers. Oh, and, you know, because, you know, when you're when people leave or you or you fire somebody because of whatever reason that usually, le- you know, maybe it's not for anything personal. Maybe it's just business, but mm-hmm. that's still it. You feel it personally. Right. So a lot of the band members that have left this band, I have no contact with any any anymore just because life and yeah. you know I'm, I'm sure some of them are happy with me that you know <laughs> that 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 we, you know sure. and um and I, I feel so different about brandon and dakota like we talk all the time i literally just texted brandon before we you know oh, nice. it's just there's okay. no difference in our relationship except for the fact that they're not in the band which feels weird mm-hmm. but it's been a pretty seamless transition for lee and i because Lee has always worked with Hollow Front, even yes. on Home Wrecker. Yeah, right. So I've known Lee for, I've been working with Lee for almost eight years. Nice. And so it's just, it's so easy. It's, it's, it's like writing this record was like coming home because it was, it was very different from the last record because we left Lee. We'd always recorded in Lee's studio. So Home Wrecker, Still Life, Loose Threads, all in Lee's house. Mm-hmm. And we went to Atrium's, Atrium Audio. Uh, Carson and Grant for oh. Price of Dreaming. Sure. And they've done Polaris, August Burns Red, oh, Tyson yeah. July, well, a lot of bands. And I just think that it, that process wasn't good for us. Um, we having being on other producers' time and, 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 and like their schedules and their processes, we'd already, we'd already had already had our, our process locked down with loose threads. And I think that it was very easy to fall back into into it for this album because we were back home. We were back at Lee's studio. It was right. just it was just him and I for what was it? Probably like sixty days, you okay. know, sixty right. working days. Yeah. Of you know, from from you know start concept start to finish. You mm-hmm. know, mix master everything about sixty sixty days or so. Nice and. Yeah, it just it just felt so easy because we work so well together. We have the same vision for the band. We always have. And we just we like the same style of music. Oh, OK. And when you have like three or four or five band members, everyone wants a different sound. Everyone <laughs> wants a different thing. Everyone wants everyone wants to add this, but maybe it doesn't mesh as well as, you know, they want it to. Right. And just you know, like the saying, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. Absolutely. Um, so it was it was a lot easier when it was just me and him. Yeah. Yeah, is that is that one of the reasons why 
because you might have talked about it, but you didn't bring anyone else new in. So was that one of those reasons is you guys just have the trust between each other. You know what you like and you can do it. Obviously, with this album, you did it. It's awesome. So was that something that you went through, though? Should we bring in more people? Should we not? Yeah. I mean, we even flirted with the idea of replacing Dakota at the beginning. Oh, okay. It was very short lived. <laughs> like it was like it was like a one one day. 25 30 minute conversation where okay. we were like what should we do like right after he left you know it was like what should we do should we get someone new well let's think of who we could get and you know we threw out threw out people and it was just like just didn't feel right uh, none of it felt right it just felt like why would we shoehorn somebody into this band just because they can sing like right there's there's no there's no emotional connection there's no f- actual friendship it's just like that dude can sing and he's a good musician put him in the band and it's like whoever sings in this band becomes a face of this band true like so that's why like i was very like dakota to me is irreplaceable and his voice is irreplaceable his personality is irreplaceable his presence is irreplaceable and I just didn't want to shoehorn somebody else in for the fact that they could sing better than me. Gotcha. Um, and for other band members, it's it's almost the same. I know Lee's no, I I know Lee is going nowhere. Like, right? He's he's not going to leave this band. And as long as we're together, he has a studio. Like, oh yeah, we can all release. Doesn't matter if we're signed or touring mm-hmm. or whatever we we can always make music we could be 80 years old making breakdowns because lee has the you know lee has the capabilities we don't we don't and i'm and we're very lucky there's lots of bands that don't have that avenue right don't have somebody in their band that can record and like produce like lee does so i'm very fortunate but that's why it's like to me it was like well you know, well, what's the point of getting a, a new bass player? Lee can play bass, you know, like Lee can, Lee, you know, what's the point of getting a second guitar player? Lee can write everything, you know? Right. Yeah. The drummer situation, um, we already have a fill-in. Oh, okay. like he's, he's not like a member of the band, but that's because I think we just personally and business-wise, we just want to keep it us too. Makes it much simpler. But yeah, yeah, he came up and he, he was in all of our music videos and he toured with us with August Burns Red oh, and yeah. yeah. He played with us uh, at a bunch of shows in 2022. Mm-hmm. Great guy, Andrew Holman. He lives in, actually, he lives in uh, Dallas. Oh, does he? Okay. Oh, maybe he does live in Austin. I think he lives in Austin. The name sounds familiar. That's kind of funny. He plays drums. Uh, do you know uh, the drummer for Polyphia? What's his name? Uh, not off the top of my head. Yeah, but they're, they're, uh, he, they're, they're friends. So oh, okay. that's how it's, you know. And, oh, okay. Um, uh, another drummer was worked with Lee. So it was kind of like, you know, we knew all these people through the grapevine and through sure. the internet. Mm-hmm. And, and Lee was like, Hey, he asked the, his drummer friend, Hey, would you fill in on this tour for hollow front? And he said, well, I can't, I'm too busy. But uh, my roommate, Andrew, uh, okay. he plays drums. He would, he loves you guys. So let hit him up. So we yep. hit him up and he did a little video and uh, audition and killed it. Absolutely yep. killed it. Came out on tour the nicest the most respectful the most hard-working professional musician i've ever worked with who has never toured a day in his life wow like he just he was just perfect that's awesome but you know the one thing that's not perfect in his life is finances like being able to tour Mm. so so he's kind of like if he can come he will come sure but if we need to get somebody else we'll get somebody else kind of a thing you know we prefer to we prefer andrew um but yeah, like even on the record, we couldn't afford for him to come up to record drums. So we had to work with someone else. So all the drums on the record are done by a combination of a drummer named Nick Hoffman mm-hmm. from a band called Wolf Road. They're from Chicago. Oh, that okay. Lee worked with. They're like a pop punk band, I believe. Oh, interesting. OK, but he's a great drummer. So yeah. he Lee, Lee hit him up. He came work with us. And then. um uh, a good friend of ours, Frankie Mish, uh, is in a band, was in a band called Sleepwaker. Oh, yeah, sure. He's roommates with Lee. So he helped out on some drums with some, because he's a drummer. Okay. So he helped out on some drums. And yeah, so we kind of, and we had people come in and help with harmonies and background singing. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, we, we had our own little team of Lee's roommates because <laughs> Lee's, uh, Lee's other roommate is a singer in his other band. So, 
we were just kind of like all working together and making making harmonies and the we had somebody filling in on drums and but Lee and I were definitely the main, you know, writers right. of the album. Right. That makes sense. Now I'm going to go way back a second because I wanted to I wanted to hit on something that you mentioned. So when you were doing those initial talks with Dakota and it kind of felt like the next album was going towards having less of you and more of him. Was that more because of kind of the trends that are going on in the scene where a lot of metalcore, hardcore bands are kind of going in more of a pop direction? Is that the reason? Because it seems like you guys could make the decisions that you wanted to, or maybe I'm wrong on that as well. I mean, I'm sure we would still have heavy songs, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the songs we were writing, like Letting Go, there's, I'm in that song, maybe 20%. Right. You know, so... That's kind of the direction that we were going was a little bit more Dakota centric and and I'm not gonna lie, I was a little I I was a little jealous and sure. I was a little I was a little like, hey, this is my band kind of a thing. You know, just mm-hmm. there there's a certain ego that comes with being in a band and you oh, know, yeah. when you build them from the ground up, you you become so attached to it. But I, I think also that's also my mental problems that, that kind of, you know, exasperated that kind of thought, you know. <laughs> gotcha. I'm sure we would had we would have had heavy songs, and I'm sure that'd be a, been a song where I sing in it uh-huh. because we've done that on pretty much every album that Dakota. Yeah, on. exactly. Right. Yeah, we were doing for more of like a day seeker kind of like a the electronics that we were doing weren't weren't like overwhelming. I think the electronics sure. we did on this album are a little bit darker. They are. They're not like super bright. You know, it's right. it's like dark a house electronic with some like little trap in it and some um, like what was the hard style kind of a uh-huh. uh, kind of a, a thing going on. And I think we were kind of going more towards the, the, the letting go, which is kind of like a little bit brighter and a little bit, it's still sad, mm-hmm. but it's, it's brighter. But then why though, why were you going in that direction? I think because Lee was just catering to Dakota. Cause I think oh, Dakota okay. I, I, and and who's 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 to say wh- how exactly the album would have turned out? You know, it could oh, have changed sure. completely. Right. But yeah, I mean, Dakota is was more of a focus because Lee wanted to write more of that like smooth, sexy kind of music, whereas my voice isn't isn't that kind of. It's more of like a gritty rock. It's kind a different of, type uh, of sexy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dakota's is a little bit more soulful and smooth. <laughs> and he has a lot of R and B influence because he grew up on, on on you know singing that kind of stuff. Right. So we were kind of going. It wasn't. I wouldn't say we were going full pop because none of us really like full pop Good. rock Good. metal music. <laughs> but it was definitely going to be more of like a. There would have been more songs like Letting Go, where sure. Dakota took over a majority of the song, and I was a, a texture more as more to speak. I see. Well, I would say, I mean, obviously people who have lis- are listening to this show when it comes out have probably listened to the album, The Fear of Letting Go. I would say my personal opinion on it is you definitely have tons of heaviness in, in the album, but you also balanced out a lot of new electronics, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then you're doing a lot of singing. It sounds a lot like, it, I, and maybe once again, maybe it's just me, it sounded like you did more singing or the band had more singing on this album than the price of dreaming. I would say that that's pretty fair just because we have a few songs that are majority singing, like yeah. will I run and stay with me. Those are two songs where I probably scream 20, 25% and sure. scream, you know, sing the rest. Um, but we had some really soft stuff on the last record, like Dakota's song that he wrote two worlds away. That's super, oh, that's true. that was like, all, that was all him. He wrote that entire song himself. Ah, and then we had like thick as blood, which was kind of it had like singing verses and and even the choruses were singing. So I, I would say I would say it's just I feel like maybe it feels different because it's just my voice now. Maybe. Um and I think we just really wanted to do more rock feel. Like Will I Run is just a, it's a it's a rock song. There's there's oh, yeah. a little metal, there's a little metal injected into it because that's what we enjoy. We enjoy energetic, you know, like uh, metal riffs yeah, and, yeah. and incorporating those into the kind of like the more of like power chordy like rock stuff that we're you know of, the, of that song and slower and a little bit more you know like I could definitely hear that song on the radio like that sure. like that's the kind of like song I minus the screaming um 
but like an octane or something that you know yeah. like it's most singing right that's kind of what we were going for you know we don't for me i grew up in i'm not i'm not sure how old you are but i'm 33 so i'm right there. i grew up oh yeah you know we grew up in the time of you know uh 90s grunge and mm-hmm. and then 2000s like new metal and like oh, yeah. alternative and like lincoln park and and all those bands that i really like looked up to and wanted to emulate and be mm-hmm. and that i love that those kind of songs like i listen to more 90s 2000s and then i do metal now it's okay. just i i just really enjoy rock music yeah. I, I don't know and, and that's why we have a good a good balance like we don't we don't over we don't throw every, not every song we write is going to be a rock song you know right but not every song we write is going to be a breaking teeth which is like a hardcore <laughs> right you know a hardcore song and not every song is going to be like a ghost or a ghosted which is like a deathcore song you sure. know like from our from loose, loose threads yeah, yeah yeah so it's like you know we just like to write variety man we mm-hmm. we think it's boring when when in when you have every song that has the same sound Even we'll mix like Lee will mix songs differently to account, you know, account for their difference in genre. Absolutely. You know, he'll do use different drum, like drum samples for the sample over the drums. And Mm -hmm. he'll do different, you know, like, you know, with breaking teeth, there's a part where he cranks the master in a breakdown just for the sole fact that he just wants it to in your ear, you know? So we, we, we try to just cater to the song and, and write, as much variety as we can, because for, for me, it makes an interesting album and it's tolerable. You can listen to it front to back and, you know, maybe there's a song in there that you don't like, you skip it or something. But for me, I, I enjoyed having that variety of genre within the shut sub genre within the genre. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I also enjoy that as well. I just see a lot of the trends of the scene seem to be going way more past just the radio rock into pop electronica. Yeah. That's a lot different. Like I I'm sure you guys could pull it off if you tried, but I don't think that people are looking for that from every single band in the scene. Some people. Yeah. 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 It works. It works for some bands. Right. Right. I think that also helps for us because Lee and I don't listen to music like new music which is <laughs> weird to you know like you're a musician why don't you look i don't i don't listen to new bands like i don't listen to new music i don't you know i i think a couple albums ago i was listening to polaris and i kind of let it bleed into ah, what i was doing interesting and okay. i'm gonna pay for that for the rest of my life now but <laughs> um but uh yeah i think like we just don't listen to the trends. Like I'm not like, Good. oh, what's trending right now? That's great. What 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 is this band doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I don't ever like check out a band, but it's not like well, you've gone out on tour. You hear bands. It's more research yeah. than anything. It's more like, oh, this like Thornhill's new song just came out, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna check. It. I see a bunch of people talking about it. Sure, they've never been Thornhill's never been a band that I'm like overly excited about. Nothing wrong with them. I'm, they have a massive fan base for a good reason. I just, it just has never connected with me. And, oh, sure. but I still like, I still check out their, you know, mm-hmm. you know, half the song and be like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. But for me, I mostly listen to shit. I've been listening to a lot of Ultra Bridge lately, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> 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 Fucking great band, dude. I don't know. It is like, and yeah, I just, um, new music to me. And I'm, maybe people feel that way about our music. It's just, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't, huh. um, doesn't get my blood pumping like it used to. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to think of like the last album that I listened to that was, hmm. Yeah, can you think, think of the any, last album? What about like again? What about some of the bands that you've toured with? You know, I just, I mean, I saw you with uh, ABR in 2022, and then I just you saw know you what's with. Funny is, yeah, I, I, most of those bands, I think, out of all the bands we toured with, Fit for a King would be the band that I've listened to the most. Ah, okay. Right. Um, which, um, I just, I don't know, I, I've. August Burns Red, I never connected with musically. Sure. All of those guys are amazing oh, human beings. Great people. Right. And Absolutely. Uh, they put on an amazing show and they have a, a dedicated fan base. Mm-hmm. And I I I look up to them in that regard. I just their music's never connected to me. Right. Uh we came as Romans. Love those guys. They played like 90 shows with them oh, over yeah. a two less than two years. Mm-hmm. And but I would I never got into them because it was kind of after it was it. The 2010s like metalcore stuff. I was kind of in more of like a, I was in more of like a gent like periphery ah, 
okay. like like phase where I was like I liked a lot of like like a lot of like um groove and a lot mm-hmm. of like you know <laughs> and like Vale Amaya when they got a singer oh, yeah. I, like you know like absolutely like that kind of like was my what where I was lying in that time where all those bands were up and coming and I didn't hear Fit for a King for the first time until I went to a show um right after Hollowfront started so 2016 oh, I'd never heard of it shit. okay and I was I had been kind of out of the music scene for a little bit mm-hmm. and and I'd always been in like deathcore bands and stuff like that. So like metalcore was kind of not really in my purview. Mm-hmm. Like I started on metalcore, like Kill Switch, Asley Dying, but then I kind of gravitated more towards the heavy shit as it is the as the genre like expanded into deathcore, like Whitechapel, ah, yeah. all those kind of bands. Okay. And then I moved from that into liking periphery mm-hmm. and like um those more proggy, yeah, like even like leaders, Philippia, yeah. like just in the more technical bands that were blowing my mind, you know, sure. with all their like, you know in the atmosphere of that kind of that gent like spacey kind of like um atmosphere um and then yeah like when i got into hollow front i was just freshly getting a divorce and i just wanted to write pissed music yes. i just wanted to be i didn't care what the what it really ended up being i just wanted to be pissed and hollow front ended up just kind of being like a like a hardcore metalcore mm-hmm. kind of like a fusion at the beginning right and yeah i mean like uh what are the bands that we tour with Silent Planet actually would be a, a band that I listened to quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we toured with them. I listened to them quite a bit in like 2015, 2016. That would make sense. That's when they really hit was around. Yeah. That yeah. That's when I really like I I, I I actually I listened to them when they just had their EP out. It was just uh, it was like, tw- I don't know, 2013, 2020, yeah, something like that. I, about I, right. I'd heard of Silent Planet. Yeah. Um, But none of the bands I've toured with have been like. Oh my God, I'm fucking touring with my hero. You know, like nothing like gotcha. that. They're just, okay. they're normal dudes and bands. And I just, I respect them because they're, they're successful and they're good musicians and they're good people. Right. Um, I haven't toured with a band yet that is, I hate, you know, like as people. Oh, that's good. Or, or <laughs> their music, good. you know, right. I haven't toured with a band like, it'd be like, uh, let's throw on this example. It's like if we got a tour with Trapped or something like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, you took like, the oh, very easy way on that one. <laughs> Yeah, that was the that was the first one that came to mind. I was like, oh, I hate this guy personally, and his music sucks. Right. Like, so, so, like, I've never experienced that, but I've never been like the 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 fanboy, right? But I will say, I I got backstage at a show that um Howard Jones band uh Light the Torch oh, was playing. Yeah, yeah, and I had to mentally prepare myself. I can understand that. I can possibly understand. in a hallway or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna be the guy that knocked on the green room and been like, hey, uh, you're my <laughs> um but like i was like if i run into him in the hallway i'm gonna have to just politely you know right nice to meet you you're an awesome you know say something but not like you know explode <laughs> but that's probably the closest i've ever gotten i think maybe that would happen if Corey taylor was in a room or something but i sure. probably will never stand in a room with him you never know man <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe if that happens yeah i'll eat my own words but um i probably because that because that's definitely like one of my main influences. Corey Taylor makes sense. Um, Chester Benton, yep. arrest him to him. But yeah, I mean, I'm ranting and oh, raving dude, now. So. You are, you're all good. Well, the question would be then, I guess one of the things is obviously in order to go on tour, you'd have to, you know, you could pick up, you know, you could pick up the drummer you were talking about. You can pick up other people to professionally tour with you. If that's something you wanted to do, but then also would you feel comfortable or would you prefer to be on one of those new metal tours because those things are huge. Like new metal never went away. I don't think I would ever turn down a tour unless it's like the worst tour. Ah, I've like okay. if, if, if I'm trying to think like, a, uh, not a friend, but acquaintance in the industry. He just, he just started a band and he was, he's on tour with Godsmack or something like ah, that. And, okay. and, I've only talked to this. I'm not, we're not friends. I've only talked to this dude in person once and on the internet a couple of times, but we're sure. internet acquaintances. Oh yeah. He, you know, he just joined this band. They were on tour of Godsmack. And I'm like, I'd fucking tour with Godsmack. Like, fuck. Yeah. I yeah. would like, <laughs> like there's no band out there that I wouldn't, as long as it wasn't like, Oh, you're going to be playing in front of two people a night, you know, like, right. 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 Unless trapped, you know, like I'm saying, you know, that's, yes. that's the <laughs> trapped is your, your bottom basement. Like <laughs> bottom. Just... <laughs> that's an absolute no from the get-go yeah but like yeah i don't i would be on um like mud vein like oh, i would yeah. love to go on a, i could that'd be a fun one like because they're touring now and they're like back together i would yeah. love to do something 
I'd tour with Stain, even though I don't really like Aaron Lewis all that much anymore because he's got loud mouth. Yes, he does. <laughs> he he talks a lot, but I will say I have had multiple people that went to see them live recently on that big tour, and they did really well. Yeah. They said his voice, like they would do video clips and stuff for me. His voice is amazing. They sound like old stained because he's he's a smart person. <laughs> he didn't just hibernate for twenty years while the while he did his own solo stuff, and True. he's been playing live for years. So he's just continued to work his instrument. Whereas some of these people that come back on stage after twenty years, they're Ooh, holy shit! You oh, should have yeah. been practicing the whole time instead of eating Twinkies. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and to be to be completely honest, a lot of people in the scene now too have so many backing tracks that they use when they're live that they're also not working their instrument as well. And that's going to hurt. I, I, I'm I not going to say we don't. Oh, because I, I've seen you live a couple times. I know there's backing tracks, but you are still screaming and singing, though. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We, we're not to the point. We're not we're not that like, uh, what was that band? Uh oh, <laughs> it was just I think it was Motley Crue, you know, like, oh, where they, the that, story about that. Yep. Yep. Tommy Lee tried to like see before the drums. Before he was playing, the song was playing, like that kind of thing. We're not like that or anything. But yeah, we do use backing tracks to help, to help like uh, layer and help kind of support that, you know, because what you hear on the record isn't my normal voice. It's got effects on it and it's got a little bit of tuning and a little auto tune. And, you know, it's just, that's just how music is made. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. But live, you know, you play 30 shows in a row. You're not going to be perfect. Yeah. Have that backtrack to help support the note and also in your ear so you can kind of follow along a little sure. better and trying to you know figure out yourself yeah yeah I, I agree there's there are some people out there that that literally are just singing to a track yeah. but most of the people there can't fucking tell you know they're there to see oh, a show i can tell <laughs> i can i can tell that they can't tell that's the, yeah that's the one. <laughs> but most people that listen to music don't know anything about music very like, true i would I would say there's a very small amount of people. If you look at the overall like population that that likes metal, you know, there's only a few people, and they're in bands or yes. they're <laughs> or they've so uh, obsessed with the scene that they've kind of just learned over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, when you talk about your vocals for in the studio, obviously you weren't doing as much. It's not like it was the first time you were singing. I, I know you've done things in the past for hollow front and probably in other bands as well, but what did you have to do to get your vocals ready? Because I think you sound fucking great on this album. So what'd you have to do? Like there were definitely some days I struggled because it's, it was out of my comfort zone. Like put down a day where I have to come in and scream and that shit will be done in three hours, you know, kind of a thing. Like, you know, the song will be done and, all the layers and and a lot of that was fucking around because Lee and I, when we get, you know, he's out, he there's a big glass window and he's on the other side talking shit and I'm on the other <laughs> side talking shit, you know, just us talking shit for a couple hours until shit gets done, until it's done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I always warm up, always. And I have my I have my hot tea. And actually I didn't mention this earlier. I actually I think can't remember if you asked me this on air or off air about what I do uh did for my oh, vocals. That was on air. Yeah, yeah. Was on air. Um but so I drink pineapple juice. Oh, that was a that was a tip that Ryan Kirby taught me. Really? Okay. Um, and yeah, I, <laughs> I I drink. It helps. Water takes about from, and I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me. <laughs> I've had, water takes about a few hours to really um, hydrate your vocal cords. Okay. Whereas like the juice, 100 juice, um, that natural sugar and stuff, it kind of coats your. It's almost instant, and oh. you can really. Okay. Really feel the difference, um, for me at least. And Dakota agreed. He was. We both drank pineapple juice on stage. Okay. Um, little cans of it, you know, yeah, just yeah. Yeah. water too. But sipping on the pineapple juice. Hmm. Um, I do. I have a cup. I have like I had like a whole bunch of those. This was the first album that I used this because this is the first album we wrote since I started doing that. So I had a bunch of pineapple, a bunch of empties too, just all over the <laughs> fucking place because <laughs> I just drink them down and 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 I had water and then yeah, hot tea with lemon and honey and yeah, warming up and then trial and error because I'll be honest, like I'm not a melody writer. Like I've been writing screams for 20 years and have kind of, I used to, when I first started music, that was when we were listening to like kill switch and um, 
from mom to ashes and yeah. under oath those bands where it was like screaming and screaming screaming and singing screaming and singing you know so I, I did some singing when i was younger but it wasn't i i wasn't doing it professionally right yeah there was definitely some trial and error and i'm not a perfect vocalist so lee had to help me a lot with melodies and lee's uh uh roommate jordan radvansky who he's in a band i talked about earlier mm-hmm. um he helped with melodies and helped me figure out figure out how I can do it naturally because, you know, they can write parts for me, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to sing it the the way that they sing it. So it was kind of a lot of figuring that out as we went. So it was all this, you know, all writing and recording and figuring it out and learning. And, you know, so it was it was a process, but it was enjoyable. I I really enjoy singing in the studio because when I'm screaming, I'm screaming with all of my emote like. I'm pushing way harder than I would live, you know, cause I'm not, there's no show tomorrow, you know, like I'm, I'm pushing all the emotion. I want to make sure everything I have in me is coming out. And at the end of the day, sometimes that leaves you a little raw, you know, sure. screaming. Um, but with singing, it was just fun. I just, I, um, would get in the studio and we would sit there and like, Lee would have to help me sometimes. Sometimes he, he MIDI, uh, piano. Okay. And notes so that it was easier for my ear to kind of catch on and we would sit down we would write together we would take my lyrics and kind of form them into melodies and um he used to or he still does but it's going to change on the next record because of i'll tell that in a second okay but leo lee will take a, a mic and he'll like he'll sing like this and a little bit of a you know he'll try to you know he'll like a falsetto like sure. come up with then on the spot and then we'll workshop it together and kind of that's how we wrote a few of the choruses on this last album but it's funny because now they have ai voices and oh. uh lee, lee took my singing voice my, my dry stems from will i run and put them through the ai so now if he writes those without me he can put my voice oh into the show with me singing it, it sounds pretty it sounds pretty close i'm not gonna lie but uh it's it's we would never use that for like a recorded something recorded but okay um just mo's and shit like that <laughs> I just think that's I think that was kind of funny that we literally just figured that out last week. And now there's like four or five songs like there's a Nickelback song with my voice on it. Uh, huh. uh, the Shaggy song. It wasn't me. That song, uh-huh. that song, a version of the, singing that, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, we're just playing around and like he but he would just go on with with a mic and be like, sing a melody. And then we would try to, you know, fix it to my voice. But there were I think Stay With Me is probably the song I wrote the most melody on. Yeah. It was towards the end of the album when we finished that song. And I had a lot more practice okay. and a lot more of seeing the process done with me and Lee and what we were doing and stuff like that. So I kind of I kind of imitated that a little bit and went up into a uh went into the studio by myself and just kind of head voiced, you know, some like um, uh, you know, just something, you know, okay. and kind of came up with the melody myself. And then we fleshed it out full voice when I when you know when when we recorded it. So I came up with the verses, I came up with the chorus, the first part of the chorus, and then we we fixed the second half. But I did a lot of melody writing in that. And I'm like, I'm buying like right now, I just bought a PC actually. I'm I'm literally surrounded. You can't see me because I'm in the, in the ocean. Yeah, you're by the ocean. I'm surrounded by people. <laughs> so I'm gonna be doing a lot more like home recording, like oh. for for the future, for demos. Nice. And I want to get into doing more like solo stuff. Like I'm going to be writing, writing music with like MIDI stuff and doing, doing my own thing just for fun. Not really as a real project or anything. Um, Yeah. And just like trying to expand and figure out my singing voice more so that when the time comes for the next release or the next record, when we write it or something, which from what Lee's saying, we're already talking about going back and starting December, January. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I just I want to I want to get my singing voice to where I'm so comfortable that I, it's like swimming or riding a bike, you know, like just something that I'm it's just innate and yes. nothing like I have to think about it. Right. Well, look, you got to keep your streak going because if I'm not mistaken, it's five releases in the last six years. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, because 2017 was home record. Yep. 2018. Uh, Still life. Still life. 2020. I think you only had 2021 was your only year, quote unquote, off. 
2019, we didn't release an album, but we we've released music. Yes. Every year. Every like, year. Even, right. Even, even in 2021, we released Treading Water. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we've released music every single year. But and don't quote me because I don't <laughs> want to make this promise, but we've been talking about possibly doing an album a year just Ooh. because just because we want to we want to write that much and we we want to just continue and we want to work with other writers and stuff on the next album like friends of ours that write mm -hmm. so it won't it won't just be me and lee we'll have somebody helping with you know just because that's bands do that you know they oh, they hire and they work with outside just to just to see what else we can do but then you know always putting out content you know whether it's um eps or full lengths or just just putting out shit every year you know continuing that trend of releasing music every single year do you ever hope that people like especially now if you're going to be working on solo material and really getting like a home studio type thing going where you're going to be practicing so much would you be open to doing features for other bands as well i do i have yeah. um i've never done singing features right, but once right. i get yeah once i get to like when i'm comfortable with that like i would definitely do that um yeah i definitely do features i've I don't I, I can't remember how many I've done this year, but, you know, a handful, yeah, yeah. handful. Of yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm not like a big advertiser or anything. Mostly people just reach out and be like, hey, you want to do a feature? And I have like Lee has a studio in his basement, but he also has a studio above his garage, like a second one. Oh, so I go up there and that's where I work for now. But now I'm getting like a home set up so that I can because, you know, driving when, when you ever have to get up and go 20 miles away, like it's just better to have it in your house. Yes. You know, you Absolutely. more likely to. And be like, ah, oh, fuck, that's a long, you know, not a long drive, you know, right. literally get up and at my desk. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, look, I got to ask you this before I realize we're over an hour. So we got to probably lock this up with people's attention spans and whatnot. But I got to ask when you have a song like We're All Left Suffering, right? And you have that great, you know, that right before the breakdown, you know, let's break their fucking hearts. Do you just like have a whiteboard of really cool shit to say? I I love that fucking line. So it's actually a it's so dumb. <laughs> I was in a line at uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe when I wrote that line. <laughs> I was I don't know. I was in a long line and I was listening to the because I so what we'll, we'll and I'll just go through the process really quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we've all, you're good. We released the we were write a uh, like a demo, an instrumental demo, and then I'll take that instrumental and I'll kind of mull it over and that's how i write i write to the instrumental um so i'll a lot of the times i'm just driving my car and listening to instrumentals just trying to get ideas you know and that's one that really stuck was like let's break their fucking hearts i was like oh shit i was like i was like damn, damn. i was like i don't know where that came from it was just out of nowhere and i was like oh, i gotta write that down and i was just in i was in the line and i put it in my notes because i used to write lyrics on like longhand but technology now i write it on my notes all my right. all my lyrics notes and yeah i just wrote it in the line waiting for my smoothie there we go hey i like it that's a that's a great little story there well man this has been a lot of fun being able to really go in depth into a lot of the things that hollow front and yourself have gone through you know obviously the last two years or so yeah. so thank you so much i i hope that <laughs> you don't have to continually answer all these same questions going as much forward. I know you will for a while, but hopefully not that much longer. Well, I have an interview with someone, uh, a Dutch interviewer tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Hey, good, <laughs> good luck. But, um, I mean, I don't, I don't mind answering the questions over yeah. and over. It's, it's, this is my life and it's, it's, I'm an open book. So I, I enjoy, um, being able to just openly speak and be honest about our situation and, you know, cause life isn't all what people think, you know, being an industry isn't always what it's cracked up to be. Right. Um, there's, there's an ebb and flow and, a, and a, it's a roller coaster. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here and thank you so much for having me on your show. And I hope that we will do this on the next record. Absolutely, man. Well, give me one second here. We'll make sure we get a plug section in as well, for sure. But do me a favor. We'll say our goodbyes and then stay on the line. We'll talk a little bit off air for sure. Yeah. But as I mentioned, I'm a huge fan of Hollow Front and this album. I've actually taken a uh, live photography of you guys the last time you guys were around, the last two times that you were around in Austin. So I've always enjoyed seeing you guys live and then getting the chance to really listen to The Fear of Letting Go multiple times. 
I just it actually might be my favorite album of yours. So that's a that's a big deal for me already being a fan. So I appreciate that. Obviously, people who are listening to this episode right now, hopefully they have already listened to The Fear of Letting Go. But if you haven't, please make sure you go out, listen to it a bunch of times. I will have links in the description of the episode so people can listen, follow you on social media, get merch bundles, make sure they support you because I know you're trying to pay off some of that lawsuit as well. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on where it'd be great for people to support you. But until I do all that, what is the best way? for people to support you in hollow front? Oh, definitely. Um, so our, our merch store, hollowfrontmerch.com, that, that, that's where, that's the best way to support us right now. We're kind of in a transitional period. Like you, like you just said, you just brought up the lawsuit. Um, we did a sale and pretty much wiped out all of our oh, inventory. You did. Okay, good. Luckily we were able to make that money back fairly quickly. Like it was like the first day we made the money that we paid back. That's awesome. So it, it very supportive fans, but that's where that 100% is where the money helps the most. Like if you're going to buy something of ours, that merch store, hollowfrontmerch.com, that directly affects Lee and I financially, like okay. we paid from that. Um, and then just to be honest, like even if we don't make money on like the the label, because right now we weren't a label, so we we don't really make any money from our music. It's kind of all going back to pay back what we, you know, what they've loaned us. Sure. So listening to us, that helps us as well. You know, going to Spotify or Apple music or wherever you listen to music um, and, and giving us those, those streams, you know, that, that, that does help us. Even if you think it only gives us like 0.0004 cents <laughs> per, you know, stream, whatever, but it does help. And it makes us look good. You know, the, the monthly listener thing, it's not as, as necessary as it used to be a couple years ago but people still look at that when in the industry and that that helps you get tours and that helps you know and and i'm not sure when Hollowfront will tour again i know that it, it it's not going to be this year and hopefully hopefully it will be next year okay so that everything from then and from here until then will help us so supporting us by sharing supporting us by going to our instagram supporting us by following us wherever because every platform that you guys use we're on mm -hmm. so um, besides Discord, which we'll be starting that very soon. Oh, but nice. okay. So yeah, just where any just I don't care as where you buy shit as long as you buy it. <laughs> <Yes>. it <helps. laughs> I'll try and make that easy for everybody, the most easy that I can for sure. So I'll have all those links in the description of the episode. Well, Tyler Man, thank you once again. I really enjoyed this conversation. The time flew by, so I always appreciate that because it means we had a good conversation. So once again, man, good luck on Friday. Hopefully everything goes amazing. Like I said, I love this album. So I really hope that people attach themselves and connect the same way or even different ways. But as long as they connect to it, I think that's all that matters. So once again, man, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me.